Good. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you so much for joining. Much appreciated. It's my pleasure. Are we live? We're live. We're live. I should have said that. I should have said we're live. Yes, we're live. Absolutely. We tried to organize it a couple of times and turned out the best way to do it, which is completely last minute, right? Yes. It was like 11 o'clock last night. <laughs> Efficiency. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Jeff is about to go to bed. Yes, usually we do this at like nine o'clock at night. And it's really strange that you're during the daytime and uh, kind of really aware of how like backlit I am and stuff, but it's nice. It's like having a lunch break. If there's noise in the background, it'll be my daughter or my dog or my wife. These are like, <laughs> things that we're used to these days, right? Oh man, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, how about you? Yeah, I can't complain, I can't complain. I'm talking to you, so it's gotta be a good thing. Um, do you wanna introduce yourself? Tell us who you, uh, and I'm sure most people know, um, but tell us who you are and, 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 and what you do. Yes, yes, yes. So my name is Ruth Boswell, and I am a Power BI consultant, basically. I own my little shop, and I <laughs> do Power BI solutions for customers, and some YouTube also. <laughs> some YouTube. Yes, uh, yeah, you're so, like, uh, humble about that. Just some, some YouTube. <laughs> um I was I, I do my usual um I also found the vampire. I'm gonna comment on this. I also found the vampire. I get called a daywalker by some of my friends because it's maybe I'm not sure if you tell, but I'm like so white it, it like goes pink again. And like the summertime is my least favorite time because I don't go outside and I just sit by the, the best sort of like protection against the sun in my opinion is just like brick walls. <laughs> I, I hate you can't get it. You can't get an, an a, a, a factor that's high enough for my skin. Um, so yeah, and I'm very grumpy. You moved to Sweden. You wouldn't have that problem even outside. <laughs> so, or to yeah. you know Wales, Scotland, probably not much sun there. I was gonna actually mention that. Well, you know, I um I've never been to the Nordics. I've never been to Denmark or Sweden. I never what? actually when when I go to this Power BI next step, it'll be my first time across when, an, a more northern border. I always want to go, but my wife's Italian, so we have to find some kind of compromise because I'm like, that's too hot. And she's like, that's too cold. Um, so yeah, Austria was the last one. Anyway, um, enough about me and my strange skin. Um, you and your uh, Power BI stuff is fantastic. I was just watching a video about field parameters, by the way. <laughs> enjoyed it <laughs> so it it's hard to avoid field parameters right <laughs> it is it is i literally ask people do you really want to have another <laughs> parameters video <laughs> there's like a million there <laughs> so but they, they say yes so i say okay yeah. i it was it was a different take i enjoyed it you know like with different ways of, of using it. i really enjoyed the fact that it was the concept of using field parameters and also like kind of like a and adding a table so a filtering a filter and then i was thinking oh buttons and bookmarks i'm like well, no, we're just back to where we started really to be honest it's uh but no it's it, it, it's it's a cool feature for sure i haven't got it yeah haven't had much of a chance to use it it was just like two days ago right but uh yeah yeah not me either actually i've used it like yesterday the first time and yeah. i was playing around but I, you know they announced it like a month ago in one of these big conferences Mm. I, I had an idea what it was, but you know, until you actually get to play with it, you don't really have a feel for what it is. Yeah, yeah, very true. But, uh, yeah. There'll be some interesting ideas coming out in the next few weeks, I'm sure. Though I totally know what you mean. I, I 
I saw the release and I was like, oh, that could be a cool video. And I recorded a little bit. And then I think the first one was like Win Hopkins. And I was like, straight away done. And I think I saw one from um, Grace Gold BI. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to let everyone else's go because I, I have nothing to add to this conversation. But <laughs> yours was, was, was very good because it did offer from a different perspective. So it was nice stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, you and your history and, and who you are. And I noticed when I was doing my standard um, um, research, AKA uh, stalking, before we, <laughs> before we do these, I didn't realize up until I think last night, um, you're a mechanical engineer, no? Yes, I That's am. That's awesome. Yeah. We had, I was speaking to a mechanical engineer also uh, last week as well, uh, Sandy Power. Oh, and so cool. It's a really interesting, transition if i may ask because not just a mechanical engineer also an aeronautical engineer like <laughs> mechanical engineer okay i'm bored of that aeronautical engineer this is also very boring bi is the way for me exactly Hi. i was actually a very very bad mechanical engineer <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i studied that i think i studied it because it was available where i lived and you know mm. my parents wouldn't allow me to go to another university i have to stay at home and uh, my father was a mechanical engineer so i guess it was a okay. cool thing to do mm. but i was really bad i spent my first two years as a design engineer like, like really building i was actually building like beds that you know move okay <laughs> what they call i don't know adjustable beds i guess i call so okay like, like the way hospitals bed moving stuff yeah, but, but for private use, there's like a oh, okay. big company in Sweden that does this type of beds, and I was actually designing that, and it was so bad. It was so bad. You're like, oh my god, I need to change careers because <laughs> said, I'm not going anywhere with it. It was like, and I, it was a very small company, you know. So I had mm. to do everything. I did the drawings. I did the money. I, I didn't do the manufacturing, but I was responsible for the manufacturing, the quality, the customers, the whole cycle. Mm. And every single problem I introduced in a drawing, I paid for it. <laughs> because, you know, either in the factory that they couldn't put it together, or it was the customer <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to do something else. This is not working for me. That's amazing. Love it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I decided that I had to do something else. That, that was not a good career move. And, and sorry, I'm, I'm curious now, I'm a little bit scared. Did Aeronautical engineering follow mechanical engineering? Yeah, I did first mechanical, and then I had a possibility to study in the UK. Okay. It was actually in Wales, and then I did the aeronautical engineer. I never practiced it, though. I don't know if I was ever good at that. I never had a chance to put it in practice, just study. Maybe one day. Yeah. If you get bored of BI, you can go back to aeronautical. Yeah, you know, I would love to work for NASA, for example, or to the European space. That's the only companies I think that would take me away from what I'm doing now. It would be so cool. Like, that would be very cool. Mars mission, work to send people to Mars. How, it doesn't get any cooler than that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> now I just have this image and like in a few years seeing you like when you have these like live broadcasts and you just like stand there from this like an oh, aeronautic yeah. engine. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think this is on LinkedIn as well. So if there's any aeronautical engineers out there who are working for NASA who need someone, maybe they can just like contact you and yeah. there you go. Why not? Hello. There you go. <laughs> yes. 
consider this kind of like you um, um, applying for jobs, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I was actually watching, I don't know if you saw it, but they have like a, the first helicopter flight outside Earth. It was Mars. And uh, they were actually, I saw when they got the data live from the helicopter feed, it was so cool. You could see the telemetry of the thing. And yeah. then they were actually looking at the data to see if it flew or not, you know, to see if it yeah. came out of here or not. And it was so exciting. It was so cool. And they were using data, right? So, I mean, they have data and NASA and NASA yeah. to be able to do something. It would be like, you know, it's a cool job to work there, but it's also a very cool level of data as well, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm sure they have tons and tons of data. They can mm. help with something. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You can start by implementing Power BI at NASA, as, as Kerry said, there. Power BI at NASA, and then just from there start, you know, maybe one day you'll get into space as well. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I love those, I love those ambitions. But we'd miss your YouTube channel, you understand. You'd have to, you know, still do Power BI at NASA and be an astronaut and have your, your Power BI channel. We couldn't. Yeah, curve on space. Yeah, curve on <laughs> space. There you go. Fantastic. There you go. Exactly. One day. One day. One day. Who knows? Who knows? That but you you studied in Wales, you say, right? Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yes. This yes, is yes. Did it for two years, and then moved to Sweden. Okay. Yes, I, I like Wales. I've been there once or twice on a couple of holidays. It's beautiful. It is. It's really beautiful. The weather is like where well, it's like where I come from in Spain. So I was not too shocked about it, but it rained a lot. I've never heard of Welsh weather compared to Spanish weather. I've got to say, this is a new one for me. Well, I live in the north of Spain, uh, and it is you know surrounded by mountains, high okay. mountains, and you have the sea. So mm -hmm. it is very very rainy. Is the only place I think that you tell people you come from in Spain and nobody knows what it is <laughs> because you don't go to like holidays there. Yeah. It's just too cold. So like, there's basically no easyJet doesn't fly there in, in Ryanair, so it's pretty much it done. Yeah, pretty much like okay. Iberia, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> nobody escapes the mountains. <laughs> ah, cool. So what? What? So you finished? Yeah. What inspired the move across to to Sweden? If I may ask, you can just say next. Your partner, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was the time. You know, this Erasmus program. Okay. Yeah. People got moved all over the, all yeah. the place due to love. So I'm one of those. Yeah, I was at this issue as well. People were like, why did you move to Berlin? And I want to give like a really cool answer. <laughs> Like, I don't know, some kind of awesome job or whatever. But at the end of the answer, is kind of like, yeah, I'm girl. This is, <laughs> that's it, you know. <laughs> I always say I was love imported, but people think that it was something else than what it actually was. So they're like, I have to stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's not working for me. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I, when I first came to Berlin, I was working like Irish bars and stuff. And I would say, like, close, pretty much close to 100% of the guys who were working there, it was because I'd met someone. It was really just the most like obvious thing. And it was like, yeah, so Bernard, you're right. My wife is indeed Italian. So we actually moved to, to we moved to Berlin pretty much at the same time. Obviously, we just didn't know each other then, you know. Oh, so uh, you met there, you didn't go there because of her. Oh no, that was a different person. That was a long time ago. So I moved back here in like 2005, six-ish. And then I went my wife in like 2010. I should know that. But I did. It was like two thousand. 
<laughs> there, there are thereabouts, exactly, right? <laughs> um, but, your yeah. German? You speak good German? It's decent, I'd say. It's not. It's decent enough to speak at work. I was speaking to one of my colleagues the other day, and she was like, I was talking about I would like to maybe move to like South Germany uh-huh. because I, I like hills and mountains or any type of interesting landscape which doesn't really exist so much in the Berlin area. North Germany is kind of like, yeah, okay. Hey, be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I want to say, but if you move to South Germany, um, don't you have to speak German then? And I was like, yes, and I do. Because we don't really speak German in my team because it's a very international team, you know? Oh. So it's most... It's at work? Sorry? You speak English at work. We speak English at work. Yeah. I mean, I speak German with some colleagues, but it's 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 mostly English, and it's that thing where you, if you speak English with one person, it's difficult to change to a different language. You know, so I could speak German to some people, but I'm not sure they just maybe I'm just lazy. And I maybe I should put more effort, but yeah, I can. But does that mean so you speak? Um, I suppose any multiple languages. Mm. English, of course, English. Yeah, yeah. I had to. I had to. I mean. I spent the first two years just with English in mm. Sweden, but it just doesn't work. You don't get any good quality of life. That yeah, way. okay. So you have to, if you want to really understand the culture and, you know, all that stuff, you, you have to learn the language. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, once I learn, I mean, I'm fine. I'm pronunciation and vocabulary stuff, but I don't enjoy learning languages at all. So it was like, oh. <laughs> You know, you go to school and, you know, you start with the cat is black and yeah. <laughs> my house is far and my mom is, you know, come on. I have no patience for that. I completely agree. I mean, I, I, I spoke to um, Marco of, of SQLBI a few weeks ago and we started speaking about, um, like, Italian. And obviously my wife's Italian and I had to admit that I don't speak pretty much any Italian. And it's been, like, 10 years. And... It's so embarrassing because people completely judge you. And I don't have the patience. I don't have the patience. I mean, I can understand what she's saying for the most part when she speaks Italian or when my children like shout at me in Italian because it's a very, you know. Um, but no, I just can't be. It's, and I go, I've got to try and put the effort in and I just, I just feel myself failing. And then the, I'll try to learn Greek once because it's really, it was really interesting, you know what I mean? I had some very good Greek friends. And, um, I found myself, it's like, they're teaching me sentences like, can I speak to the manager, please? And I'm like, what am I going to say when the manager gets there? Like, <laughs> what's the value in what I'm learning? Zero. Completely zero. <laughs> no, like, oh, my God. It's, oh, it's so yeah. horrible. Yeah, but, uh, but, you know, we're Europe. Like, there's like a million languages. So we, are, we yeah. just have to live with it. And once you learn a few, it gets easier <laughs> well no this, this is the thing you, you talk it's easier for you to speak about because you do speak you know a few languages i speak like 1.75 languages you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know the funny thing is that once you speak more than one hmm. you speak zero because i'm quite bad in spanish now my parents get really upset with me when i translate <laughs> from swedish or english to spanish i speak bad you know, not bad. I mean, I don't speak any of the languages bad, but you know, you're not a native mm. speaker anymore. So uh, I just speak like a teenager when I go back to Spain because I left when I was a teenager, not teenager, but like young adult. Yeah. 
So I don't have the vocabulary. It's just like, hmm. I, I don't speak anything, but yeah. I do speak everything, which is, you just kind of, this is where we get back to this whole, was it um, Esperanto or something, this combination, we just put all the languages yeah. together and create what a language. Or yeah. how about English? Everybody speaks English, well, happy with that. I don't want to suggest that myself, because again, it just sounds like me being lazy again, but yeah, that would be. But this is the thing, in England, you, you, I mean, when you're a kid in school, and of course, you know, you're stupid because you're a kid in school, and we they, they make us learn French. You don't got any choice, you got to learn French. And I learned French for like six years, and I can say like, three oh, words wow. now but the point is because i forget subtle and german i forget it all and you're like sitting there as it's like really like annoying and you're like oh why can't they just learn english and then but the problem is is like like they do so then mm -hmm. they automatically have that advantage just like they could automatically speak mm -hmm. your language really well and their language and you're just sitting there like some kind of you know ignorant foolish english person thinking oh, right, <laughs> yeah never thought about that <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, no, it is complicated, but I mean, it's, it's fine, I mean, it's Europe, what, what can you do? And soon, I think, with the artificial intelligence, it's not going to be need to, probably we have something in the year that automatically <laughs> translates stuff. So That would be so cool. We're very close, I think, so. I think so. I mean, I'm already lazier than I used to be and not learning as much as I used to because of email. <laughs> like, I've got an email, I said, I could read it, using my knowledge or I could put it into deepl.com and then it's yeah. just gonna be much more correct and much faster um so yeah it's already technology is all, all, already reducing my learning on that level so yeah let's just make it full Star Trek and yeah, yeah. and the apps you know when you go on vacation to a country that you don't speak the language you can just you know with your phone you scan the menu or you scan and it just tells you what it says like easily Never even thought about that one. Never tried it. Just walking yeah. around, like speaking to a phone and like just recording it back and forth. Yeah, there's actually apps that you can speak to them and then it translates back, no. right? And then mm. the, the person speaks and it tells you back mm. what it is. It, it's not like super fluent, but it's, a, it's enough. Like if you get lost in Berlin, and yeah, you yeah, sure. Ask where you are, like you cool. Looping this back around to you know what we do, probably I, I. I um, actually I created a report once, which was cool, though a little bit expensive, because I used the um, the API of DeepL, and I was feeding in all the whatever language and translating like news and stuff. So of course every time I was hitting the API, it was charging me. Um, so I was like, let's, let's not keep that up. It's a little bit too, too expensive, but it was really cool. And also I got to work with APIs, which is you know the most fun part for me about working with with uh -huh. uh, Power BI. Google um, is actually not that expensive. You have like a thousand calls that are free. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, okay. it, I mean, you need to do quite a lot of translation before it actually starts costing serious money. Okay. Here it go. It's quite cool. Which one was that? Google Translate. Oh, just go. Sorry, just Google Translate. Okay. Uh, uh, the API. You have an API, so you can use. Yeah. So it's actually not, not that expensive, and Google Maps is. Actually, I've used it tons and tons of times, and I've never they've never charged me anything. <laughs> like, oh, how much do I have to use for them to charge me? It's crazy. You're gonna get a bill one day. <laughs> oh my god, no! I've made a terrible mistake. Bankruptcy. <laughs> you know, there are stories about these people that turn, forget to turn off their Azure or their Amazon Cloud, and then they have like a million quid in in the bill. It's like, oh, holy crap! This is one of the reasons, sorry, please. No, I'm just, this is one of the reasons I, I, 
just made an account for myself and had a look around and then I'll click here and have a look. And then I said, okay, so I like paper usage. And I was like, no, no, I'm scared. I'm going to switch it off. And every six months I have like a panic attack just in case I didn't do it properly. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you the can worst. set these like spend it shit goals. Like you can say, for example, on Google Cloud, you can say, I have a spend limit of a thousand crowns or pounds or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it will stop there. And it will send you an email and say, hey, you reach your limit. Would you like to turn it on or not? And you can either increase it for another thousand or just stop it. Okay. And Azure has it, but it's not as straightforward as Google. Well, it was right. not. I'm not sure anymore. Everything changes so fast. So who knows? Just give me a second. Yeah, you can you can have a second. I thought it'd be me running away because I'm expecting my daughter to run through at any point. Say she needs help with a German lesson. But yes, you can have a minute. Has Jeff gone to bed already? I'm sorry it's so late, by the way, in uh, New Zealand and all those countries. But what happened was basically, and I think I didn't mention this, was the fact that this was meant to be, um, so Kratos, BI, um, uh -huh. Christopher Wagner, and um, unfortunately he's ill. Um, so I needed someone to step in. And that's why we moved it from 11 p.m. It was going to be like the late, late show. Went from the late, late show to the early, early show um so it's it's you know such a, such a roller coaster so this is why i was thinking this would be a really good show originally for the people in new zealand and australia because it would be the first time it's at a reasonable time of the day and then i was just kind of like nope not having that let's bring it forward <laughs> well you can always re-watch uh, re it afterwards of course and i'm doing that on, on podcasts as well now so i've re-released them on sundays a podcast so you can listen whenever you want though i do have some concerns not so much actually i thought like you'd lose something that would be lo looking at something on the screen so people can't refer to it, but mm -hmm. not really. We don't do screen shares and whatnot. We just talk mm -hmm. randomly about, about random things, which is <laughs> pretty much what you're experiencing uh, now, to be honest. Um, I want to speak a bit about your, um, your, your YouTube channel, because of course it's what most people know you for. What was your, I'm just curious, when you started that, did you have like, you know, I want to create the most viewed YouTube channel for Power BI, or it's, it's up there, right? I mean, when you, when I make lists of, you know, for the learning resources, it's, there's always like straight there. Number one, Kerbal, there you go. Go and learn some stuff. Um, what was, I'm, I was curious about you, the journey of your Power BI as to where you got to where you are now. Was it just like, I think I'll make a video that could be fun. And then a couple of years later, boom. Yeah, it was accidental. Um, unintentional completely <laughs> all the, actually so i i actually started an internet of things company that's what curva was going to be about ah, okay and we actually built the product and we tested it but that's once cool. we did that i realized what it actually took to create and i was like mm. uh no i'm not going to enjoy doing that <laughs> so we dissolve it that's class but one of the things, you know, all the Internet of Things devices, they use data. And what you are setting really is the data. The, the device is just a thing that collects the data, but then what you want is the information. Mm. And because none of us had any background within data, it's like, how about start positioning ourselves within the data world? And then I was, you know, working with at an American company and they did have, you know, at the beginning, you need to have a American um, email to get Power BI. So I got it and then I started playing with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I said, oh, that's quite fun. Let me show people how to do X, Y, Z. Mm. Um, I'm still here, by the way. I'm just switching off my camera because it's overheated, but I'm still here. I'll be back in a second. Keep talking, please. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, show people what you could do, but also, you know, show that we could work with data. So it was like a double message, but I would never, ever expected it to get that big. It's just crazy. So, yeah, no, it was an accident, really. It was nothing intentional about it when it comes to having a big YouTube channel about Barbie. I apologize for that. No problem. I forgot to switch off something on my camera, so it overheated. And it's all a very, very hot day. But I was listening, so it was completely unintentionally said, yeah? <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, I love today. <laughs> Oh man, this is fantastic. Whatever, I don't care. The camera switched on. You can see me. So a happy accident and it led to where you are now and you just, you want to become like a, a data face. But I'm interested, you said that you realized that you didn't have much experience with data. I mean, obviously at work, you know, yeah. as, a, as a business user, you use data. Yeah. So I was managing a small team on my previous mm. job. And we had to report on, you know, expenses and we had like motor data. It was a water company that had sold products for a water. And we had tons of data for, I was on the engineering team, like mm. mechanical engineering team, <laughs> not, not the IT engineering team. So we had all kinds of crazy, all types of data. And I always enjoyed working with data, always. Mm. Yeah. So I was using Power BI in the beginning just to be able to get we had data sets that had over two, three, four million rows and, you know, Excel crashes. So I was using Power BI for that. And I was really enjoying yeah. that after a while, not in the beginning, <laughs> after a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then I said, ah, oh, why not? Let's show um, hmm. what you can do. I thought it would be a cool thing. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. I like it. That's cool. I remember it was a couple of years, and I forget which it was through a, because I, I think I've mentioned before on these these things that I like working with sports data and like sports reports, and you've a couple of times you've created um, reports for like the um, the European Championships and stuff, uh -huh. right? Yeah, like That's that. It's good cool. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a. It's connected to the the last version I did. It was connected to an API right. that has free data. Normally, those APIs have, you know, they charge you for the data. This mm. one, they do charge you if you, you know, there's an API limit, and after that, you, they charge you. But you mm. can actually grab what you need for free. Yeah. And it's actually quite fun. And I refresh it every year when there's like a championship, like a FIFA championship. You can just change the. Ah, that's interesting. Uh -huh. I would so be curious. The, the competition, and then it just, the whole thing just refreshes. Nice. I might have to ask you to DM me that link, by the way, because I didn't, yeah. that would be cool. There's a YouTube video on it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like walk straight into that one. <laughs> oh, what a fool. I have videos for everything. I have almost 900 videos on my YouTube channel. So there's videos for absolutely everything. <laughs> Just ask me, I have a video for it. <laughs> 900. There you go, big fan of Ruth and Cable. Thanks for all the great content. Definitely lots of fans out there for sure. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I just, uh, 
that the level of, of, of producing that number of videos i just can't even I, remember, I i saw one month i think it was definitely it was last year one month i was going through when i made videos and one month i created like just four videos even for me that was really impressive like how did i make four videos in one month how did i have the time for that that's mad and some people like you're bam video I was like, all right cool it's but you know i mean when once you do videos and the more that you do the the easier it gets you find shortcuts you find ways to edit less you have and you know all my videos they are very casual right so yeah. i just sit there and i play and i sometimes i run my thoughts with you guys <laughs> i just go, go with it there are errors i show you the errors so there's not like a lot of editing it's not like a super polished video for, for good and for bad I, I would say i prefer it that way but this is <laughs> It's a definitely a, a personal. I wish I could do that, and um, because I my issue is that I am um, um, every every time I make a mistake, I'm like re-record. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, I wonder why this is taking so long after my like fifth or sixth recording. You know, exactly. Oh my god, I I, I start doing it differently because I was like, I can't. I feel that like I mean, I always say, and, and everything that I do, that I can't type. Right. I'm the worst, worst type. But like my mom was a secretary and she could like type on like ridiculous number of like words per minute. And I'm like four. And they, all those four words per minute have errors in them. And I have to type them again. Um, it's just. It's all stuff. It's ridiculous. And I see people making views and you're like typing, yeah, I'll like write this bit of Dax. I'm like, everything I would have typed there would have been completely wrong. So I had to just start recording. And then I record myself afterwards because I can't record and then talk at the same time. I can't type and then talk at the same time. So I was like, this is too much. This oh, is... Then, then it's a lot of work. Okay. You think that, but the stupid thing is I made so many mistakes. It's faster. It's faster <laughs> to do it that way. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. This is what I was watching your, your your video about like your field parameters, and and there was one part where like you made a mistake. And you said, oh, I'll, just, I'll just I'll just correct that. I was like, I wish I could do that. I was just I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing. It. I think as soon as I do it once, it'll be fine. You know. Oh man, no, it's very foolish of me. Practice, 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 and at the end, you it'll be there. <laughs> um, this was cool, by the way. These ducks, these um ducks Fridays. This was cool. Oh, oh my God! That is oh. <laughs> I love this like a flashback to all the terror. <laughs> you know, people are asking me still like, "What are you going to do when you twenty five days of Dark Fridays?" And it's like, I'm procrastinating a lot of it because it was so hard. It mm. was so hard to do. It was crazy. Yeah. I had it was summer, and I had this crazy idea, and I said like, "Oh, how hard can it be if they do twenty five days?" Yeah. Of of that, right? Like 25 questions, easy question. Mm. <laughs> I think I was on vacation, like, you know, you get like stupid ideas. Yeah. <laughs> so after the vacation, I went back and said, like, oh, yeah, I can start doing it. I started in September. Okay. Finish one week before the first of December. Oh. <laughs> it was obviously not like a hundred percent job, but you have to go back and forth. Yeah. It was 25 videos, 25 thumbnails, 25 descriptions, 25. And then I got the idea, hey Ruth, you're doing it wrong because it's better that you first put out the question and then the day after 
Mm. You have the video? So I have to change 25 every second. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going mad. I'm that is going mad. extreme. And I notice also people like, like looking at the answer and also like sometimes like disputing the answer and like checking it this way. I was like, that is, once you get at that level, that is effort that I can't even begin to imagine. <laughs> I imagine you like you like maybe you're two in and thinking, what have I done? And I've got like another twenty three to go. <laughs> exactly. After day three, I was exhausted. It was like, oh my god! <laughs> like, why am I answering? And stop answering. Oh, <laughs> but once god. you start, then it's weird. You just stop. Yeah. Oh, it was it was bad actually. It was yeah. it, it was also you know it was not like a big hit at all. It, mm. it was like it completely sank the channel. <laughs> <laughs> because lots of people were writing the DAX. I said, write the DAX, mm. your DAX measure on the comments. And guess what? <laughs> YouTube thought it was a spam. <laughs> no way. 25 video got like, like spam. The, oh, it was bad. That's that's special. Yeah. So what do you say when somebody says, would you do it again? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, we can't ex expect a sequel anytime soon. That's fair enough, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, 50 days of DAX. <laughs> no, what I'm thinking is that maybe if I get help, mm. I'm still sleeping on it, but maybe if people help me with the it's questions reasonable. and the answers, then go. I just need to do the material around it. <laughs> Volunteers, they know where to find you, right? Yeah, yes, it's, you just let me know if you would be interested in help me out. People were asking, like, time intelligence, 25 days of DAX Friday. Just time intelligence. So if somebody is happy to help me do the questions, I will be more inclined to actually do it again. That could be cool. <laughs> Maybe um, you can help me with the video production. Okay, that's all I have time for today. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I clearly I need the practice, so why not, right? <laughs> why you, you said? <laughs> Here's a fair question. So here, what about um, what about dinner uh, videos about dinner? Ben, a lot of people oh. are fans of dinner. I am a big fan of but you. You you um, you use a lot of articulator though, right? I mean, you can use both, of course. But I do, I do, I do. I was expecting actually this question. People <laughs> 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 just come and ask the questions that I should ask because they always, they know that I forget, right? <laughs> yeah. So when it comes with. I think it's really, really cool that you have both options, mm. to be fair, that you have the chart clear option and the Deneb option. I think there are differences with them. The one is that Deneb is more about code, mm. but you get a list of you know code and then you just change things, while chart is more like user interface and you build things from scratch. Mm. And it forces you to learn how visual representation works. Yeah. Because you have it like a rectangle, and then you decide where do you put the measure if you put it in the height or the width, and then you're mm -hmm. understanding that okay, if I put it on the width, this length that people are going to look at when comparing. Okay. So it gives a little deeper understanding on how visualizations work, That's in nice. my opinion. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, this is the thing. There are yeah. both, as you say, right? So. Yeah, it's just it's just a choice. I think if you prefer to do the coding thing, it's it's. Deneb is a better tool because Charticulator requires understanding of how it works. It doesn't take too long to get it, but mm. you have to spend some time with it. 
Well, then a bit more like parameters and you change them, if I understand correctly. I've never used it, so. Okay. I mean, for me, I think it's interesting because I'm all about like immediate impact. Like if I can't do something pretty quickly, I'm going to might lose interest quite quickly, which might come back to my issue with languages, right? It's like, if I can't, if I can't speak fluent sentences within like a month, I'm like, I'm bored of this. Um, and it was kind of the same perhaps with like Articulator, because I looked at it and I was just kind of like, click this, click that. I can't, no, I haven't got a visualization next, but with Deneb, because there was so many like, like, um, documentation where I could just like copy and paste from. Mm. and change it. I mean, the first the first stuff that I used was actually from um, from Kerry, Kerry Colosco. I took and I um, copied and pasted hers. And I was like, if I change this, what would happen? Didn't understand what the hell I was doing, but changes did occur. So I kind of started to understand like the basics and that I might be able to build something. And that was just had me hooked really. And I think it just depends how your brain works somehow. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, 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 no, I think so too. I think so too. And it's also a preference of you know, I'm a very, very visual person. So yeah. I code is for me looking at code is looking like a raw data on an Excel file. It just doesn't okay. tell me anything. Mm. I'd rather have like, you know, user interface have like buttons and you put things together like cooking something or I don't know. But it was just preferences. And I think no this there's no battle between them. Use no. the one try both and use the one that rocks your boat the best. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly put. Let's yeah. make t-shirts, Charticulator rocks my boat and Denim rocks my boat, that sort exactly. of thing, you know what I mean? It's a big, big what? Yeah, I, it's kind of similar as the whole, you know, tool itself, Power BI. And people say, what's better, Power BI or Tableau? I was like, I don't care. Just try them both. If you want to suit your organization, use that one and yeah. then end the conversation. Because yeah. the conversation is too expensive to have, you know? Mm -mm. Um, both. I work with a lot of organizations that have both Tableau yes. and Power BI. Mm -hmm. And they live together very, very well. Yeah. Some people like Tableau, and, and for the type of work they do, it fits best. Others yeah. prefer Power BI, and they coexist in an environment, and it works well. If you have the the bugs, why not? So yeah. yeah. I work for um like and like this. You work for chemical and BAM and chemical company and okay. huge company you know and they they did the same i mean they had they're essentially lots of companies together so you have one organization that never even needs to see any of this data so these are all using power bi these have premium these don't these are using tableau and it doesn't yeah. matter and yeah. if you need them just put in a url link and it's fine it's, you're good yeah yeah the same with excel and power bi it's like yeah. there are different use cases like use it for what it is, and then you'll be happy. Like, yeah. You don't have to use Power BI. Though I would say, you know, I, I do hate Excel. I know it's fantastic, but every yeah. time I use Excel, it will crash. Like, so I'm like, if you want to use Excel and you be wildly, I hate it. But that is a perfect example of using Excel for something that Excel is not meant to be used for. <laughs> right? So That's it. Use yeah, for okay, you win. <laughs> And it is yeah. so wonderful, you know, because there is a complexity of starting with Power BI, the fact that you cannot click on the cell and do whatever you want, change, yeah. you know, what you were talking about, the immediate change. Yeah. I want that number to be 0.5, not 0.2. And in Power BI, yeah. you have to like dance around the wall three times yeah. before you get that value to what you want. Completely true. So if your job is not working with data, Excel is a better tool. 
Yeah, no, no, I mean, I, I say I hate XL because, you know, for the effect of the fact that it frustrates me, but of course it's, um, I said that in my, my interview, will Power BI, um, the, the question was, will Power BI replace XL? I was like, no, nothing can replace XL ever. Just, no. It's, it's, it's ingrained in society now. I always yeah. think like the, the capitalism in the world economy is, it's so close to falling apart because someone moves the Excel from this place to this place. And then all the financial systems around the world just disappear and crumble because it was built on this one Excel file, you know? Yeah. Do you remember on the, the beginning of the pandemic with the Excel scandal? Was that with NHS was using Excel as a database? <laughs> it was it was in the uk it was the, the the corona tracking yeah exactly and it was the fact that it wasn't just it, they were using i forget xls the older version yeah exactly so and it, it could only have like forty thousand rows <laughs> so like forty thousand and one people got corona and then like oh we don't have any tracking anymore because the I excel file broke i think the limit wasn't the colors because you remember the data was they were putting one day on one color and then they were unpeeling okay. everything. So they hit the max on the number of columns. That is insane. Nobody knew that, so they lost the data. Oh, yeah, that was that was a yeah. classic pandemic moment. Yeah, but I mean, it was, I mean, to be fair, to be truly fair, it was a pandemic. People were panicking about absolutely freaking everything. You get whatever you have and you do something with it rather than waiting for this super powerful model that never gets built, right? Yeah, you're real right. Yeah, I, I, in general, I mean, for pandemic type stuff, the thing that to me that was most surprising, <laughs> I don't want to see anything really unoriginal, everyone said before, but you, when you watch these like disaster movies and the government have like impact plans, and as soon as this happened, like they press a button and emergency action plan A1 kicks into force, <laughs> like a pandemic hit and everyone's like, so what should we do? Like, I don't know, like, exactly. not go outside for a while? I don't know. <laughs> that was it. Break out the Excel files, everyone. We need, we need to track some data. Was... Yeah, but uh, everything was manual. Absolutely everything was manual in any country. So they, where do you put it? You put it in Excel. Yeah. And it's always this thing about, you know, IT being so restricted about the resources. Probably so you're not getting a database. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> don't talk to us. We don't have time for you. And they grab whatever they had, which was an Excel file. That's why Excel is so big. Because it's free for everybody to use. Yeah, this is yeah. true. Yeah, it's a joke. Um, yeah, free. Yeah, it's right now. Restrictions that are being in place now in Power BI, the service, they are restricting. I mean, the admins cannot restrict absolutely everything. The mm. access to everything, to be able to create workspaces, being able to. So there's, there's going to come a point if we're not careful that users will be too restricted and they will go yeah. back to it. There is a fine line between governance mm. and dictatorship. <laughs> you, know what I mean? like you can't touch anything. Don't talk to us. Yeah. You have to be very, very careful that your users still have the data that they need. Yeah. They're going to get it anyway, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So give it to it in, in, in a good fashion. This is why I kind of came to terms with the whole access and Power BI data from Excel, right? I mean, for me, the huge thing was when they integrated the Power BI data sets within Excel. That was that was awesome. Very, very good. And I'm hoping that they do a data flow connector for Excel mm. like very, very quickly. That will That's a good point, actually. Improve. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. the small companies that didn't have a massive IT infrastructure department, it would help a lot. But but still, I mean, we need to be careful not to restrict the users too much. Otherwise, they're going to go back to Excel or whatever other tool that is not that restrictive. Okay. Because I do see it on big companies that they cannot do anything. <laughs> they, mm. can, they can only watch Power. They can only see Power BI files. They are not able to download. They are not able to nothing. Yeah. And yeah. It, it doesn't work that way. In the business world, you need to have your data and you need to be able to mash it up the way you want. I think you learned that as well. I learned, I mean, because my career with data started with, with Power BI, right? So at first I was very like, my data, mine, I shall mold it and you shall read it, that kind of stuff, you know? And then um, after a while, you kind of realized that, you know, it, everyone feels, everyone who needs data feels pretty much the same way. They need to be able to access it and, and click on it and say, but what happens if I did this and all that kind of stuff, you know? So even when you talk about like write back functionality, which is great, it's not the same as that experience that we've, is, we've had, everyone's had for since their career started even before Excel, when you're using like my, my dad was using like like Lotus one two three whatever it was called, it just the ability to kind of have your data and do stuff with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And data is meant to empower your businesses. If people does not have access to it mm -hmm. in the way that they feel that they need to have access, mm -hmm. then what's the point? You're paying like thousands and thousands of dollars for something that people are not using. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that also kind of highlights the need for a very good um, data setup within whatever company you work for, you know, that there's just like this single point of truth or whatever, or something where the data that you want is there, or you have access to many different like uh, sources, you know, in my opinion, I don't know. I yeah, you know, this single point of truth, I, I'm always like super skeptical about it. Because I saw that on your face. Yeah. <laughs> from this perspective, right? Like, who, yeah, okay. who's true? It's the same data set. If, for example, the engineering team, mechanical engineering team looks at it, or the quality team looks at it, it's going to be completely different. Yeah. And the things that they are going to need to filter by or to look at or the granularity of the data is going to be completely different. So mm -hmm. that single point of it just doesn't exist. And then I see also in big enterprises, these huge, massive models. Mm. Nobody else, there's nobody anymore knows what it does. And it's like how relationships everywhere. And it, like, how do you know that you're getting the right numbers? I always get scared when I see these gigantic models. You're like, yeah, wow. This is the, and there's a there's a pressure on using those models and producing reports and doing and analytics, and then people using those to make decisions. I'm like, what if it was wrong? <laughs> what is what is somehow, you know? I mean, if you think the I number think of the number of companies who will produce, you know, the, the data and then and, and analyze it. And a lot of people don't double check that. They're like, this is the report. It's the report on our business for the past two years. It is the word. It is the gospel. Oh, by the way, oops, accidentally, there's a filter on that. I hope no one noticed. <laughs> you know? Let's keep it there because now people are used to the data. And they will ask. As long as it's consistently wrong, right? Exactly. <laughs> No, no, exactly what Donald I'm, I'm still waiting for the one million um, dollar mistake in report that gets me fired. Yeah. <laughs> I've had literal nightmares about that. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Hopefully not fired, just a little bit more reprimand. Yes. <laughs> like, please don't please don't do that again. One million is important. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, love it. Yeah.
big models give me anxiety. Yeah, I agree. Me too. It, it just, I like, there's no way that people know how that works. There's no way they can guarantee that the number that comes on the other side is correct. <laughs> there's just no. no way. Because they're like a million relationships. How do you know? And then there's always bidirectional relationships on those models, of course. Mm. Uh, mm. Like, yeah. Do you want to work on that? Like, no. <laughs> I, I feel like I have so much to think about now. <laughs> you should like on, on all your all your metrics, like a little star, probably, you know? <laughs> Net sales, probably. <laughs> like more or less. <laughs> that we can use the error bars. <laughs> right, there you go. Right. Use case, love it. Exactly. <laughs> I look forward to that video, Ruth, for sure. <laughs> oh man. Oh, All right. I'll let's say let's call it a day there. It's been awesome. My camera's definitely ready to explode because it keeps overheating, which is always good for fun. Um it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for um, thank you for, for joining and deciding there for, for agreeing to join. Everyone in the chat, as ever, it's great to have you asking all these questions and getting involved. It makes it even more fun. And next week, probably, probably. I'll be back at the usual time, but I make no promises. Okay, there are thereabouts. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Ruth. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.